Welcome to the Realtors Land Institute podcast, the voices of land, the industry's leading land real estate organization. Hello, this is Justin Osborne, accredited land consultant with the Wells Group Real Estate Brokerage in Colorado and New Mexico. Today's podcast guest is going to be Jeff Hurdle, accredited land consultant with Hurdle Land and Realty. Jeff has been a licensed agent since 1992, a broker since 1996, and 28 years in the land business of development and brokerage. He is an active RLI member, former Tennessee chapter president, and member of Board of Directors for National 2021. He has a development office in Georgia between Atlanta and Athens, and a brokerage firm in Nashville, Tennessee. Thank you for being with us today, Jeff. Thank you, Justin. Appreciate you having me. Looking forward to talking with you about the value of professional network as a land agent today. That's right. One of the most important parts is your network. What do you have for us regarding our network as land agents? Well, when y'all called to do this podcast, I had to think about that for a second. And uh, I mean, what better could someone do than associate themselves with the people that do what they do? Uh, our business, as you know, a lot of it's referral. And so to be able to deal with folks on a daily basis who share the highs and the lows of your everyday, I mean, I think that's great. Um, they get excited to talk about what you enjoy the most, which is with me anyway, is the land business. And I've always said that excitement breeds results. Uh, with that, I, I mean that uh, if you and I or Justin are sitting down and talking about a deal, I get excited about what you have going on. And then I start to want to tell you about what I got going on. And then before you know it, we're talking about a deal ourselves. Uh, that's the results. I mean, our, our people in this industry, they, they truly understand the meaning of that referral. And, and in the RLI, I've, since I've joined, my referral network has just gone through the roof. Yeah, it's a, it's a great industry for that. And it's, you know, it's neat thinking about uh, you and I met, I'm going to say maybe four or five years ago when we were in the Land U course in Texas. And it's been neat uh, just, you know, watching, watching what you've been able to do uh, out there in Tennessee and Georgia and uh, being able to have those conversations where it's not only referrals back and forth, but we're also able to talk about, all right, I've, I've got this deal or I've got that deal. And I remember one of the first conversations we had, I, I learned a lot just from listening to you talk about uh, some of the owner carry deals and the creative financing that you guys were doing in Tennessee and Georgia. And I've been able to apply that in my business here in Colorado and New Mexico. And there's a, there's a lot of wealth in that. That's, that's the excitement and rating results right there. And in yeah, that class, since you mentioned it, uh, that I was, yeah, we were at Land U and uh, I met, I mean, oh, 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 I think there were 32 people in that class. Uh, of course, we, we everyone knew everyone when we left, but I've got deals from that class. I've got people I've closed business with uh, because of that networking. Uh, guys, a couple guys out of uh, South Georgia that I have uh, trying to partner on the development with. Uh, they had the land, I had the knowledge. I mean, it's the referral network, not just referral, but the professional network we have, uh, it's powerful. Man, that's a, that's a great testimonial, you know, and in this day and age where there's so much stuff going 
uh, electronic when you're you're sitting behind a screen having a conversation. You know, uh, I'm thankful that we, that we can do that and still conduct our business. But when you are able to, you know, get get in person and develop those networks, uh, you kind of develop that trust that that goes a long way when people can do that. It sure does. Uh, amen. That's all I can say to that. What what other kind of professional networks have benefited you? Um, outside of RLI other than just specific land agents? Well, it always seems that some of the top housing agents, they seem to get land listings for some reason. I I don't understand how, but they do. And so uh, I have learned to uh, stay in touch with those locally uh, because they, they now bring me into their offices to teach a little bit about the land and I actually kind of co-list with them. Uh, so that's been a great, um, not a land agent, a house agent, but it's, it's been a great relationship there. Um, I've got civil engineers that I deal with as a developer. Uh, they deal with other developers. Since I'm also a broker, they've got folks who want to, you know, sell a piece of land or, or maybe want someone to help them develop a piece of land. Uh, uh, attorneys, I have attorneys that uh, I do business with and they just, they see me come through there so often they, they know what I do and they know that I apparently know what I'm doing. So they, they refer me off and people uh, ask them who they could call about their land. Uh, Timber folks, uh, Walter Hatchett down in South Georgia and Tallahassee area. Uh, he's a great resource for me. And he, he's, he's a big broker, big land seller, but he's, he's a timberman. Uh, lenders. I mean, this goes on and on. Uh, the, anything that touches the real estate industry on the land side, that's, that's part of your professional network. Yeah, it is. And it, it certainly should be, if it's not, you know, one of the things we spent a lot of time talking about uh, in the land one-on-one class was uh, we, we actually just created a list and, and you hit on just a handful of them, but I'd say, you know, we could probably sit here and, and name off, you know, two or three dozen of people, uh, that are good for the new agents to to have contacts with, whether that's you know water well and septic providers or uh, surveyors. Uh, you hit on lenders and the the farm credit agencies and the ag credit agencies are great uh, for the especially the newer newer listeners to develop relationships with. And um, it's just it's crazy how many opportunities there are, are out there with these different entities to establish relationships with the FSA office, uh, the USDA office. Those folks are constantly dealing uh, with, especially the rural farmers that end up being sellers. And so I I think the professional network that you're talking about um, is just really underutilized when it comes to a lot of people in our industry. If they only would just put their arms around it and work it, it changes their business. I mean, yeah. It changes your business. Yeah, it definitely does. What what other ideas do you have as far as you know bouncing off someone that has quite a bit of experience? Well, uh, like me, I, I deal mainly in development tracks and building lots in bulk uh, on my, in my brokerage business. But the opportunity exists that I could get a not truly a ranch, maybe in Tennessee, although there are some. But I would need to speak to someone like you uh, to ask you questions. Uh, as part of my network, as part of my RLI family, uh, what am I looking for? What questions do I need to ask? Uh, 
you know, I, it was an ROI before I knew the difference in a farm and a ranch. Um, so there's, there's that, um, specific wording in a contract, uh, attorneys, like I mentioned before, they need to put the wording in. I can't write some of this special wording in a contract, or I might read a contract that maybe you had and, and I might have a question about what did this mean? Uh, and that might be to my advantage that I could use, uh, future, um, transitional lands. That's, you know, mainly what I do, taking the old farmer's farm and turning it into a 200 lot subdivision. Um, so the changing the use of a property, uh, there's always questions about that. And I'm, I'm utilized a lot in this area uh, by other agents asking, you know, I, I assume people understand rezonings and future land use maps and the like, but they don't. And so um, I kind of teach courses on that around here. That's great. You know, I think there's a there's so much education opportunities there for people that that has to play with zoning and transitional. And a lot of people are scared of, you know, what they don't know and what they don't understand. And each area is different. Each each state's different. Each county and city are different. But um, there's a lot of opportunity and a lot of money to be made in that traditional uh, excuse me, transitional land and taking that farm like you're talking about, converting it into 200 lot subdivision. And I'm just curious, Jeff, what, what is the average size that, that you're selling when you, when you take that farm and you cut that into a 200 lot subdivision, are those quarter acre parcels? Are they 10 acre parcels? What are y'all dealing with, with the end product out there in Tennessee and Georgia? Well, uh, in my brokerage business here in, in the Nashville market, uh, we're taking these farms and they could be, I mean, 10 acres, it could be a hundred acres. But we're doing, uh, again, based on zoning uh, and, and planning and zoning has the rights to, to give us whatever we ask for and they have the right to deny whatever we ask for. But generally speaking right now, if you're in a sewered subdivision, you're doing a 9, 10, 12,000 square foot lots, so about, about four or five to the acre. Um, now out in, in some of the rural development that I do, I'll, I'll do five acre tracks. Uh, there is no sewer in those in those markets, and so uh, we're subject to septic tanks, uh, which means you have to have a soil scientist come in, check the soils, and uh, make sure they're suitable for a tank. And in Georgia, that's generally not a problem, but we have had a few. So five acres out in the country, quarter acre in the city, pretty traditional kind of uh, breakdowns there. But uh, five acre tracks it seems to be what people want when they want to get out of the city. And if they want to be in the city, if they're not looking for a town home, which we do a lot of here, uh, they're looking for a small yard because they don't want to cut it. Cool. All right. Well, that's something I know we didn't really plan on talking about this, but I do a lot of development myself and I get excited to hear what's going on in other parts of the country. And so um, if you don't mind, I'd like to just ask you a few more questions about that. Go right ahead. I'll tell you what I can. All right. Now on, on these smaller parcels, is that something where you've got to do uh, central water? You already said central sewer. Are you doing paved roads, curb, gutter, sidewalks, or is that more of a gravel road kind of country setting? Oh, no. These, these smaller lots are water, sewer, gas, curb and gutter, paved roads, sidewalks, um, the, whole, the whole nine yards. Okay. That, that's and it. On, and, that's, and then on, on the rural, more uh, larger parcels, the five acre parcels, uh, is that water wells or are there uh, central water, domestic water providers for those parcels? 
Uh, it's a combination. Um, I uh, just, I say just finished, I about finished selling one over in Milledgeville, Georgia. Uh, half of it had a county water line run down the road and another road uh, didn't have any water. So those, some of those had wells and some of those had access to water from the municipality. Okay, gotcha. And this may just be a, an assumption, but I'm assuming that the smaller parcels that are on curb gutter, uh, more restrictions, covenants, whereas the five acre parcels, are those looser or no covenants? Or talk to me a little bit about that. You are correct. Uh, the you know, the in-town water, sewer, gas served developments are generally highly restricted. Uh, and the people I do, some of the national home builders like Meritage and D.R. Horton are my clients. And yes, they, they set up, a, you know, there could be 35, 40 pages of covenants, what you can and cannot do in your yard, outside your house, the colors, that kind of thing. And then out in the five acre rural tracks, yeah, it's just a, a small list of things just to keep things from getting too junky. Uh, people out in the country sometimes feel like when they have five acres, they can store everything they want to outside. And sometimes that doesn't end up looking too good. So we try to control that. So it's a nice place for everybody to, to look at, but it's not nearly as restrictive as the in town. And with the kind of pandemic we've seen across the country, have you seen more demand for those rural properties like most places across the country or talk to me a little bit about that yes sir um 2020 as crazy as it was was incredible to the land business um and both sides i've uh my, my rural business i had two developments that i opened up right in march and in june one in tennessee one in georgia about sold them out uh, almost instantly, uh, which is not unheard of, but has not been heard of in a while. I mean, I had, I have lots on hold for people. I have a, a list of people who want lots if I get something else going. And in town, in Nashville anyway, I'm kind of fortunate Nashville has been a, a, the it city for so long now that people are coming out of New York, Jersey, California, and they're coming to Tennessee. So that's made these lots sell fast too. So I've, I've had, uh, I've been in business 29 years. And from a contract perspective, this has been the best of my 29 years. Man, congratulations. That That's exciting to hear. You know, there's certainly economies that are struggling across the United States. And, you know, we just, we hope and pray that those bounce back. And then you've got the, the real estate economy uh, just seems like in in most of the rural portions of the country just seems to be booming for the exact reason you said. I mean, I'm out west, and so we're not seeing too many people coming uh, from New York or New Jersey, but we are from from California, from Oregon, from Washington, um, and they're just flocking to these you know rural settings that are 20 to 30 minutes from town on exactly like you're talking about. Give me three, give me five acres. Um, I'd like to have a little bit looser covenants than what I had out, you know, the West where people are telling me what I can and can't do on my own property. Um, but it's been, it's been interesting seeing how the demand has changed from one type of property to another because of the, the state of our country right now. Uh, I agree totally. Uh, let's talk about mentors. Have you specifically had a mentor or been a mentor or what can you talk to our listeners about regarding that? 
Uh, I, I was very fortunate growing up. My father was a developer and broker. Um, so I learned most everything I learned from him uh, and his friends. Again, his professional network, there were other developers and brokers and uh, land guys. So I had quite a few mentors, my dad being the, the most important to me. Um, one of his best friends, Neil Jackson, uh, Neil actually was the president of NAR, I think at one point, or uh, highly involved in it. But he, I grew up with he and his boys and uh, learned a lot from Neil, uh, civil engineer, uh, Terry Dunahoo uh, in, in a little town in Northeast Georgia, uh, another mentor of mine, he was a friend of my father's anyone and everyone could use or should use a mentor uh, especially if you're just starting out uh, but even with you know 29 years experience i'm still learning every day uh, i don't know it all don't claim to uh, i try to specialize in the land business i try not to get too far out of it but there's parts of the land business that i don't know and like timber is one of them why well, i'm glad i have someone like walter who i mentioned earlier uh he's sort of the the timber mentor for me. Um, and I, I have, I've had a couple uh, guys around town call and ask if I could mentor them. And so I've returned that, uh, the, what was given to me to them. And, it, and it, it means a lot to get asked to be a mentor, but it means a lot to have one. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I haven't been in business as long as you have. I've been doing this 19 years. Um, but man, you hit the nail on the head, Jeff. I mean, you never want to get to the point where you think you've got it all figured out because as soon oh, as oh, you yeah. do, <laughs> I think that curveball gets thrown your way, you get slapped upside the head and you get taught a very, very valuable lesson. But you know, you always need to be at the point where you're you're feeding your mind with something. And uh, there's just so many good opportunities out there to feed your mind with healthy information that's going to be beneficial to you and the clients that you serve. And, um, and, and this podcast is a great example of that. I mean, I've learned a lot of stuff, uh, just you have. interviewing other people like you throughout the country on, uh, what's going on in the land business. Well, it's, it's a great business. Uh, I've enjoyed it and, uh, it's been good to me, uh, and finding this is sort of a halfway segue, Finding the Realtors Land Institute when I did, uh, I had always been just a solo guy. I worked by myself. Uh, when I stumbled onto RLI and joined it, it changed my business and it changed my life and how I look at the land business and what all I do. There's a great group of professional network people there. Uh, I love it, the fact that we get to go to NLC. Um, I hate that we didn't have it this year live. I certainly hope we uh, pull it off next year in Louisville. That's like the culmination of all things land when you get to go to NLC. Um, that's that's referral business on steroids when you go when you go there, and it's just a lot of fun. I mean, the salt of the earth folks. That's that's the land guys, land ladies. Yeah, it's a it's a great network, that's for sure. And and for the listeners that don't know what NLC is. Uh, that is our national land conference that Jeff is referring to. I was Je so excited when I discovered that actually existed. <laughs> it was actually a place I could go uh, to learn more and, and to be with people who do what I do. Um, that was a great discovery. Jeff, how long were you in the business before you discovered the Realtors Land Institute? Oh, 
I just became a member. Well, it was when you and I met for class, whenever that was, I had just joined. Okay. Uh, I, I saw what uh, an ALC was and I said, well, I want to be one. Uh, and, and I went straight to class and I did all 104 hours right there in Arlington and uh, pursued it. But uh, that's when I discovered it. Uh, the Nashville conference just so happened to be in my backyard uh, was my first conference. So I'm, uh, I, I was tickled to find it. I, I hate that I went, you know, 25 years not knowing about it, but better late than never. Well, that's true. And, and you know, we're in similar circumstances because I was in business. Oh, I'm going to say probably 11 years before I discovered it. And I just sit here and think, man, why, why didn't guys like you and I that were already selling all this land, you know, why, why didn't we open our minds to getting involved in this sooner? And I just totally applaud the, uh, the listeners that are new in their careers that are getting to be a part of RLI because um, you're going to thrive. You're going to absolutely thrive. Your clients are going to be better served as a result of you listening and being part of the organization um, because there's just, there's so much opportunity that I wish I would have been able to have the access to tap into uh, when I was a younger agent. And I, I'd hate to think what I could have done had I been involved with RLI 25 years ago. I mean, that's, I, I, I'm the loser by not finding it earlier. Uh, not sure what they would have gained having me earlier, but <laughs> I'm certainly glad I've got it now. Well, thank you, Jeff, for your time and for sharing your expertise with our audience. If you enjoyed listening to this episode, be sure to subscribe to the Voice of Land podcast presented by the Realtors Land Institute. Thank you so much for listening.